on Unsolved Mysteries, John Wilkes Booth, Identical Twins, and The Man Who Never Was. I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Robbie, I was going to talk about how I was on a cattle ranch last weekend. Yeah. Was it just like the show Hey Dude? (laughs) (laughs) It was exactly like that. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) No, it was... uh, So, I I don't know if you know about this tradition. I, I think it's a new one that uh white women started but i'm not sure maybe other people do this but it's this idea of call it's called it's like a honeymoon but it's a baby moon so um Uh usually have you heard of it no okay so sometimes when a couple is having their first child while the mother is pregnant or the mother-to-be is pregnant um the husband and wife or wife and wife or I don't know if maybe husbands and husbands do this. Let's not exclude them. But anyway, they go on this trip or something uh, Uh as a getaway to like, this is the last thing we're going to do before our lives are ruined uh, with a child, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So anyway, uh, so I had a good friend of mine who uh, she used to live near Sacramento, and that's how I know her is from my life up there. But she's since moved to Susanville, California, because that's where her husband's family is from. Okay. And they um, they are cattle ranchers up in the high desert, and they have a really lovely ranch. It's like this 1800s ranch house that's been renovated so it's got all the modern conveniences, but it's super charming. And they live on this sort of like compound up there. So Susanville is, what is that, about two hours away from you? Two and a half hours on 395? Uh, yeah, going from, Day- from Dayton, yeah, it's going to be about two and a half hours, give or take. Um, so, yeah, like, so for Susanville, like the nearest city is Reno, Nevada, even though Susanville is in California. Yeah. Uh. But I flew into Sacramento, and then it was like a four-hour drive up there. So yeah. we, so my friend, who's the reason I'm t- brought up the baby moon thing. So my friend, inst- instead of getting, she's pregnant. Instead of getting away with her husband, she decided, you know, she's up here on this ranch with her husband. She's going to see her husband all the time once the kid's born, but she probably won't see her friends very much. So she invited all of us to come up for President's Day weekend. So there was like yeah. eight of us. And so we like cooked food and just hung out and ate a lot of snacks. Rode and... horses. Uh, no, we didn't. Ro- we didn't threw, ro- threw rope around uh, cattle. Yeah. No. You did some branding. No. Uh, you, uh, no. you, you did the whole cattle drive. <laughs> just like city slickers. That That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I mean, that we didn't actually leave the house, really. Once we got there, it was that cold. actually sounds more like <laughs> what I would do if I went to a ranch for the weekend. Yeah, it was really it was cold and windy. So yeah. anyways, but it was also on well water and there was three of us that got really bad, like upper GI problems. And I think it was from the water, ah. like really, really bad cramping and other gross details I won't get into. But let's just say when it was time to fly home from sacramento i was sweating to be on an airplane and i took an aisle seat and i will leave it at that and i am just getting back to normal oh about a week later because that's how messed up i was so i'm just saying maybe city people don't belong on cattle ranches (laughs) i'm my constitution was literally too weak to deal with it yeah you know know, i'm on a well uh all the any of the times you came by and visited me, if there was water to be had, I, I think I probably just had it in the you know I'd bought like a thing of water from Smiths or something. Yeah, I mean it's not something, especially living in the United States, it's not something you really think about. Yeah, you know, is the water okay? And I and it was only a few of us that got sick, so I assume we just didn't have the proper like gut collection of... biome. Yes. Yeah. 
to deal with it. But I think there's something to it also being like a cattle ranch and a lot of that stuff seeps into the ground. I mean, it wasn't like ag chemicals or anything. It was just cow right. stuff, theoretically. Right, right. But, yeah. Well, I yeah, I do appreciate the fact that, I mean, obviously you know me well enough that you know that I, I like to inject diarrhea-related humor into... Mm-hmm. Many things, and I just want to let you know. <laughs> Inject I... is a very uh, choice verb <laughs> in that context. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, but so, well, thank you for sharing that story, Crystal. I was very fascinated yeah. by all of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we had a, so we had a friend baby moon on a ranch in Susanville. It seems like I I can kind of imagine this um, baby moon thing actually being a thing because people don't have as many kids nowadays that they previously did. So they're a lot more unique of an experience. Yeah, I I mean, I could go on for an hour about that, but uh, we also the thing is, yes. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, but but we're not a uh, a millennial life uh, podcast, so we won't. Oh, no, we're not. I mean, I won't even get into the, like, ceremony we did with the beads and stuff and the candles. I, I just, we, we don't need to get into that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I was literally sitting here wondering whether, how much of that was an exaggeration or just literal it's truth. It's not. No, it's, it's literally happened. Okay. It was a ceremony. Okay, well... Uh, but we should move on. Yeah, yeah, you're going to start <laughs> talking about something talk about Unsolved else. Mysteries. Robbie, this first bit is, like, all all up in your alley. Yes, we, we haven't reached the Civil War um, the ghost segment yet, but mm-hmm. this is a, a pretty decent substitute. We got a lot of uh, historical costuming going on. I um mm, and actually mm. and actually this is uh, this segment is something I distinctly remember from the show uh, when it aired. So mm-hmm. uh, we are de- and we are definitely now in the territory of when I was watching the show as a kid. Right, um, right. We talked about that on the last episode, but yeah, we're definitely it's definitely just a, I feel like a better show. It does, doesn't it? Content-wise, yeah. I, I mean, granted, it's not shocking that a show in its fourth season would be much better than the first season, but it does feel like mm-hmm. they have some. They have put together the right combination of call-to-action true crime stuff along with fascinating, fascinating stories, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I feel like th- this is this is. This is def- season four must have been when unsolved mysteries really hit its stride. Yeah, I mean, th- but that means that we've spent um, how many odd hours of our life talking about a show that wasn't very good <laughs> now <laughs> until is now. It, wait, th- but doesn't that describe most podcasts that exist? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, uh, you think there's any podcasts I mean... <laughs> about Mad Men? There has to be, right? There's oh, a podcast oh, yeah. for everything. Yeah. Oh, of course. I remember looking... I mean, I think I listened to one about Mad Men, but it, I didn't like it very much. I don't uh, even remember what it was called, but... I had I was this... just like, oh, this isn't, you know... I had this idea... It's too serious. Yeah, I had this idea for a West Wing podcast where uh-huh. the podcast itself would actually be in-universe... And what it would be is that the pe- oh okay yeah, the, the people doing the podcasts would be taking it would be sort of be formatted like you know like the McLaughlin Group or something arguing about <laughs> the, <laughs> arguing over the policies of President Jeb Bartlett. Yeah, is there is there room in that universe for um, the, uh, what was the name of the president that Michael Douglas played and the American president the thing oh. that led to the West Wing. President Andrew Shepard. Oh God. Well, I, I'm willing to accept the idea that 
uh, American president is canonical West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but anyway, I, I think we, we have uh, we, we're getting back to unsolved mysteries. Right. Um, yes, our uh, the first segment up is the John Wilkes Booth assassinate assassination segment. Because right, but it's not about how John Wilkes Booth assassinated Abraham Lincoln. No, 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 no. It, it, it's about the the alleged controversy about whether Booth <laughs> Booth was actually killed, caught and killed mm-hmm. himself. Which mm-hmm. the thing is, is I'm I've always been aware of this idea, but I can't help mm-hmm. but feel like. If it wasn't for seeing this unsolved mystery segment back when I mm-hmm. was in the first or second grade, <clears throat> I right. probably would have gone through my whole life not having heard about this. Well, it's the first time hearing of it, but so was the RFK um, thing that right. we did a couple seasons ago. The, that yeah, and that one's so interesting. The one where we have actual footage and all sorts of stuff. And people are still like, no, no, it's, it, it, it didn't happen that way. Um, right. I, I mean, th- that's that's the interesting thing here with this John Wilkes Booth segment is, and it's been something that I've always wondered about trying to solve crimes back in the 1800s when mm-hmm. when you don't have the, the science we do or even like yeah. access to, the, to, to, you know, as many images as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, how the heck do you track these guys down? Uh, but yeah, in this segment, we we are presented with the idea that, because um, according to the history books, uh, within like a couple of weeks after having assassinated Abraham Lincoln, uh, John Wilkes Booth was cornered in what was it? Was he was he had he reached Georgia by that point? I I don't know. He was allegedly in a barn. He was That's in a barn, yeah. And some Union cavalrymen caught up with them. And we get this little reenactment of them. Uh, they, they surround the barn. One of his accomplices, a guy named David Herod, comes out. Mm-hmm. Allegedly says the guy in the barn isn't John Wilkes Booth. This part was really funny to me because they had a historian saying this the exact words is that John Wilkes Booth was not in the barn. And then they cut to the reenactment where they have this guy come out and, and say that exact thing. John Wilkes Booth is not <laughs> in this barn. It struck me as really funny. It wasn't like adding anything. It was just repeating what the historian had just said. It was just a weird bit of editing. Yeah, no, uh, that's... You you are correct. That does happen. I and what I found the thing that really caught my eye because very soon the barns put on fire. I, I believe to sort of flush the the individual out. Yeah. And and they have this 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 they have they depict this because apparently a sergeant went up to the barn and of his own accord shot whoever was in there. Mm-hmm. Um. And the guy they have, and that's the thing. I, watching this segment, the thing that I was sort of in my mind was trying to figure out, like, how many of these guys are reenactors and how many are actors uh, in particular roles? Mm-hmm. The guy who goes up to the barn and shoots John Wilkes Booth or whoever he may purported to be, like, he goes, sneaks up, he fires in, and then the way he runs away from the barn is so ridiculously exaggerated. I feel like he has to be a reenactor cuz like surely no actor <laughs> will will run <laughs> run in that manner. Uh he's just uh-huh. like, you know, the 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 director was just like, "Okay, you know, you're going to go in, you're going to shoot your your pistol, and then you're going to run away from the barn." And this reenactor was just maybe so nervous about being on ca- camera, he overthought it and oversold it. Has that been your experience? Uh, well, I mean, I think, I think certainly if I was being filmed for some sort of, you know, something, I, and given, and perhaps given, you know, given a very specific 
the camera is focused on you, do this. I would I would probably not I would not turn in a actor's level amount of reenactment mm-hmm. quality. You know you know who was who was an actor though it was John Wilkes Booth. He was. That's actually one of the fascinating <laughs> things about this is uh, if from my understanding he was actually a very famous actor in the period. So Yeah, well, Robert Stack introduces him as America's most handsome man or something. <laughs> Crystal, do you find John Wilkes Booth to be an attractive man? <laughs> I mean, he's okay. I mean, his his pro-Confederacy well, leanings probably would have turned him turned him off to me personally. Right, right. And the just... and the fact he assassinated a president kind of <laughs> well, not great. I... Well, I mean, obviously, all that factors in, but I just mean from uh, from objectively looking at the image itself. I mean, uh, he looks fine, but not like fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know the thing is, is like people in old pictures, I kind of mm-hmm. have difficulty really, really sort of weighing in on their mm-hmm. their looks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but it. Feels like women in picture, like old black and white pictures from a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. I just don't find any of them particularly attractive. Well, everybody just looks. They had to hold whatever position they were in for such a period of time that they probably just all have resting bitch face. You know what I mean? That could be a factor. Yes. <laughs> There's not. I mean, the idea of like candid photography didn't couldn't happen until later i guess uh, i guess a smile so. makes all the difference right i maybe yeah and so, maybe it does but i just get the impression that like john wilkes booth would have been like who what is it people magazine that does you know sexiest man alive and every year it's like brad pitt or something yeah yeah so john wilkes booth would have been on the cover of like people magazine oh totally totally i mean that that was actually the sort of level of celebrity he was mm-hmm um, but yes, yeah, so, so would you, would you say this is like, if, um, let me make a, make a oh, yeah, analogy no. here. I, I is this like if George Clooney shot Trump, would it be like that situation? I would put forward the proposition that it would, it would be that oh, wow. like, okay. yeah, yeah. It, it's that equivalence. I, mm-hmm. that's actually something I, I, I should try researching, is like reactions to that at the time. Cause that was mm-hmm. that if, if you know, that, that must've been shocking. I mean, imagine how shocked mm-hmm. we'd be if George Clooney assassinated the president. I mean, you just like, what? yeah, it would be insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you begin to like one, I mean, I mean, I would begin to wonder like, is reality just sort of like super twisting around with me and I'm now in some sort yeah. of George Clooney movie or, or something? I, I don't get it. Yeah. 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 No, that would be, that would be really insane. It's also makes me wonder what like John Wilkes Booth's IMDb rating would be. <laughs> well, I imagine, I imagine he was going to get a lot of, uh, uh, one stars, uh, from that point out. But uh, I suppose also, some people would be like on there trying to five star them or or, or ten. Mm-hmm. What's whatever the scale is, they do. do, they uh-huh. do it's they, a ranking. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's oh. not stars. <laughs> I I don't know. I. It's not Yelp for actors. <laughs> <laughs> they should have a Yelp for actors. Oh God, can you even imagine? It would be such a wasteland of com- comments. <laughs> Uh, so anyway George Wilkes Booth assassinated the president and Mm. what we have revolving around his death in the farmhouse is basically you get we're getting two different perspectives there's a guy named Dr. Arthur Chitty along with he has this uh, assistant named Nate uh-huh. And they are arguing from for the perspective that the man killed in the barn was not Booth. And they mm-hmm. cite 
different examples of individuals who come by who have met Booth or known Booth who come by the body and mm-hmm. to various degrees state this isn't this isn't the person. And then mm-hmm. we have sort of the, the we have the contrary perspective from a guy named James O'Hall who's listed as an author and historian. And I feel like this is like the kind of segment where it actually is appropriate to have guests on who are listed as authors as opposed to all the mm-hmm. missing time bullshit and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't feel like they're really, I mean, they are selling a theory, but they're not really selling um, a book as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. The, it seems like it's more just something, an idea that they really are keen on. And I, I, this is unrelated, but I'm looking out the window right now and I'm seeing a squirrel drinking from our hot tub. How concerned <laughs> should I be about the squirrel? Are you worried oh, about no, you worried oh. you worried about the squirrel? Yeah, I mean there's chlorine in the hot tub. Should you be drinking from that? You got a uh, good, pretty good gulp of it. I, I don't know how how much how much how much pool water uh, did we swallow as kids? I feel like it probably was probably like lot. a lot. Yeah, but we're not squirrels. Well, that's true. Uh, did I ever tell you about? Um. <laughs> I have a friend who saw like a bunch of squirrels drag a poor rabbit into a hole. What? Yeah, to, to consume. What? Yeah, I was as shocked as you because I did not I did not know about this, but apparently squirrels are omnivorous and I should not know that. <laughs> they will prey on other animals like my friend was describing it like this rabbit was sh- shrieking in terror and pain as they dragged oh my God. into there. Yeah, this is horrifying. Right, I know. Right, this is like as shocking. Is this as shocking as if George Clooney killed the president? <laughs> Can you imagine what your day would be like if you both saw that? And learn that George Clooney had engaged in political violence on the same oh, day. <laughs> you'd I'd, you'd have to check you'd have to check me in. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. just check me in. Uh, anyway, sorry to, to uh, sorry. Yes, John Wilkes Booth is he? You know what? He doesn't have his freckles, and yes. his dead body had we freckles have... and like sandy hair. I guess is the argument. Ba- basically, yeah, you have. The, the aggregate of this is some people are saying, like, look, John Wilkes... Some of the people who see the body are like, John Wilkes Booth had dark hair and clear skin, and this guy has sandy hair and freckles. Um, mm. And you kind of have differing uh, perspectives on who said what on this. They... Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, they, they had a doctor who had treated Booth come in, and the mm-hmm. people who are big on the theory that it wasn't Booth like to point out that like apparently in this report the guy the guy says in the report like yes this is booth though he did not have this 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 and that in terms of his physical attributes mm-hmm. well um, they were like this is not the most handsome man in the country right right i far from it far from it um i like when they when they do the reenactment um of the doctor coming in to examine the body. They have a line of union soldiers bayonets affixed just lined up while he's doing this. Um, Is this not how it would have been? You know, well, honestly though, I don't know what the, I, I, I guess there really wasn't any sort of established procedure for what do you have guarding the you know, the dead body of a potentially important, mm-hmm. uh, 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 figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I suppose maybe if I was an, o- you know, an officer, I would be like, you five guys, you, you, you watch this, this person. Um, so, but you mentioned the bayonets being affixed. Is that not normally how people were walking around with their rifles or? It, uh, it's situational. You, you, you really wouldn't. You would. You would in this situation that you. I, I can't imagine you would really need that. Um, 
Uh, I mean, they're not they're not having they're not anticipating anyone coming in for close quarter combat. I I, I imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he could do it for a ceremonial thing, but I don't think. I don't think you know guarding body of the man who killed your your leader is really like you know that's something requiring a ceremonial touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you 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 would mostly like if you weren't using them in battle, you would mostly just get the bayonets out to like if you're about ready to stack um, stack arms. So you know you're 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 putting them all together and uh. Uh, triangular pattern so that they're all like you know uh, mm. set up so you don't have to carry them around. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess it it it, it looks all right. I mean, it, I, if anything, it's just that they're all lined up in a row. I just don't see what the the, the point would be of that. But their their uniforms look fine. Uh, there's a mixture of. Uh, uh, four button sack coat and shell jackets. They're all wearing uh, forage caps. Okay, that that that's all right. They all got the eagle breastplate. I imagine these are Civil War reenactors, and man, mm-hmm. one of them has a pretty impressive amount of facial hair. Did uh-huh. you did you see the guy with the beard? I am go- I'm trying to go back to that. Okay, there's there's a guy with a beard who like. I guess brings the uh, the doctor in, and when the doctor says something like along the lines of "This isn't Booth" or, you know, "This this isn't what Booth looked like," the guy with the really long beard he get if it's a reenactor he does a good job of just making this face of like, oh gosh, gee, that's not a good thing. <laughs> so. So what? So where do we go from here? They say it's not Booth, and then there's some alternative theory being offered about what actually happened to Booth. Yeah, there's uh, we and they have a little moment where a commercial break would have happened. Uh, this uh-huh. is a double long segment, and when they come back, they discuss a sort of hypothesis of. How going over sort of the basics of Booth's escape, uh, but then also um, uh, where they think that he may his path may have diverged from what actually happened at that barn. They sh- and they have this depiction of him because go- j- during the war at night, all the bridges in Washington D.C. were closed. Uh, this was mm-hmm. to partially like out of worries that. Confederate infiltrators might sneak into Washington, D.C. to assassinate or kidnap the president. Um, right. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I know. Strange, right? <laughs> well, there's there's a sort of segment depicting... Because um, Booth, he escaped out of D.C. And apparently years later, these soldiers talked about how this man rode up to them. And he had this password. TB, TB Road which was supposed to grant you access over the bridge. Um, and the, the skeptical historian, James Hall, is like, there's no record of this. This is, you know, the, when they when they talked with the people immediately afterwards, they're just like, we thought this was someone who was uh, allowed uh, people who were supposed to go over or whatnot. So mm-hmm. uh, Unsolved Mystery spends quite a bit of time <laughs> examining this password situation, even though it really doesn't, you know, provide any evidence one way or another about whether that guy was Booth. It was interesting mm-hmm. in the reenactment them depicting it happening because to mm-hmm. me, this does not look like a bridge that is leading into Washington, D.C. So much mm-hmm. as they found a reenactment that was happening next to a creek that had a small bridge over it. And like, oh, so <laughs> we'll just... We'll just record, you know, have these reenactors pretend to be pickets, and we'll we'll, we'll just film this this thing here. Um, but yeah. So over, yeah, overall, what do you what do you think? What do you think? This, yeah, this is fully your house, right? So uh, yeah, well, I mean, they they, I don't even I don't even recall what what was the source because like the. 
this this hypothesis they present is that at some point Booth got out of the wagon he was hiding in. He was in the barn. Mm-hmm. the 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 guy who was who came out of the barn uh, to, and surrendered uh, later wrote up, warned him of that the 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 troops were coming, and he left. And it was some other guy mm-hmm. who was there who happened to have Booth's paperwork uh, uh, with them, and that's why they concluded it was Booth. It was like, well. I mean, to go full circle, we talk, I, I mentioned how, like, I wondered how people can be sure anyone's anyone. And um, it's like, well, I mean, I can imagine in the mid-1800s, it, it, mistaken identity stuff could happen. But I don't know. I It just seems like the, the reason to believe that it wasn't Booth is mostly just based on conjecture. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my perspective. Um, how about yourself? I weirdly have no opinion. <laughs> that's not very interesting content, I realize, but I don't know. It's a... I, I don't like I don't know. Maybe it was Booth, maybe it wasn't. I mean, everybody's been dead for so long at this point, does it matter? I mean, this is the thing. It's like this isn't a treasure segment. Right, you know? right. There's no like treasure to find here and it's not a missing persons. Yeah. Because the, everyone's been dead for 150 years and then like you know, I'm there, like, okay, well this was interesting, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's well th- there's no call to action in, in any Yeah, at, like what do you do with level. this information? Yeah. There is an uh, there is an update though which basically says um they got permission from the Booth family to exhume who they think is John Wilk, Wilkes Booth's remains. Yes. And and I presumably for uh, IDing through DNA or something. Um, right. So they so whoever wanted to look into this got permission from the family. The family was like, you know, go to town. But then a state court stopped it. Which I don't understand. So, like, I, guess, I don't either. Yeah. And the, but well, and the great thing about that update is there's then a subsequent, uh, you know, a second um, thing of text, and it just says right. the mystery, the mystery surrounding Lincoln's assassination still remains. And I I read that, yeah. and I was just like my face twisted because I was like, well, there's not really a mystery around the assassination of Lincoln. Uh, he dead. Yeah, he, he died. And we we know who killed him. We just uh, yeah. we just have some people raising the question about whether the guy who killed him was killed in a barn in the 1860s or died decades later after like because the the one the one sort of uh, a caveat on this is some guy mm-hmm. you know like over a decade later thought he was dying and confessed that oh I was John Wilkes Booth and um, then apparently after he died his friend that he confessed it to had his body, uh, not stuffed, um, mummified, mummified, mummified to preserve it, to, 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 to provide the, (laughs) to, to help, uh, preserve it so that in the future, someone might be able to figure out whether it was John Wilkes Booth. And it's just, this seems so crazy to me that like, one guy can just have his friend mummified without any mm-hmm. anything to stop him. Meanwhile, the descendants of, of John Wilkes Booth uh, give permission, but a state court won't allow his grave to be exhumed so he can be tested. Crazy. Just crazed. So it's like, what, is, what are we hiding here? Like, what's the conspiracy? Why can't we exhume his mummified body i just i assumed it was some sort of situation where like maybe whatever law in whatever state or whatnot is like right you, you need like permission from like maybe a um a, you know like immediate family member or something and like mm-hmm. being just being a great 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 grandchild is not sufficient or or whatever mm-hmm I, I don't know. Um, yeah, huh. like you, it's, uh, I guess this segment's kind of just shrug of the shoulders. I mean, it's interesting, but it's like, what? okay. Um, should we talk about something 
a real mystery, one that possibly can still be solved. Have I ever mentioned to you that there's like apparently a doppelganger of me around in Reno? No. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, since like for the past 15 plus years, people have been telling me about there's th- there's this guy who looks just like me in Reno. For a while, uh-huh. he worked at Circuit City. Okay. Like, I, I, you know, I, more than once, I had someone come up to me and ask me if I still worked at Circuit City. Uh, FYI, uh-huh. I have never worked at Circuit City. Um, well, I mean, an RIP Circuit City does no longer exist. Yeah. Went out I, of business a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> For you uh, Zoomers out there. Circuit City <laughs> was basically like a more expensive version of Best Buy. Right. Um, <laughs> and end of story. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that kind of sums everything up there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I had an RA in Lincoln Hall walk right up to me, and uh-huh. you know, intent on getting you know, because he obviously had some follow up questions that he was going to ask. But walk right up to me and ask me, do you still work at Circuit City? And I proceeded to, I was just, this, this was still in the early days of encountering this, but I'd been getting people asking me about the Circuit City thing. And I was like, I was explaining it to him. And I was like, so, so this is someone you talk to. This is someone who's real. And the, the, the RA said, no, I talked to this guy. I thought it was you. Uh-huh. Did the RA then like turn ghostly pale and then run away in fear? No, but I mean, he did kind of look, he looked a little bit unsettled too. That like uh-huh. he had just encountered, you know, some strange doppelganger situation. And this, this sucker is still out there. Cause just last year, a very good friend of mine who lives in Reno told me she saw uh-huh. him in downtown Reno by the movie wow. theater, Riverside movie theaters. Okay. She thought so it was you me. Can, so you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of relate to this segment a little bit. This segment like was what really had me excited. So t- Crystal, tell us about J- okay. J- Jim bomb, bomb garden, boom, boom garden. Bomb garden. Okay. So Jim bomb garden uh listen up he's he lives in illinois presumably (laughs) Uh, because this entire story takes place in illinois but uh uh back at way back in 1984 um uh jim's brother-in-law rick was at some kind of company softball game and he saw what he thought was jim at the game and he comes up and i'm like jim what are you doing here bud and this and at least in the reenactment jim's doppelganger who I assume is played by Jim in the reenactment. Well, like, it has to be. They couldn't have found an actor that looks exactly like this guy. I, I, you know, I was wondering about that too. I think, th- I think this is a reenactor. I just, you do. You don't think it was Jim? No, there, there was just a little something a little bit different about him. Wait, okay, what if the well, what if the reenactor is oh the doppelganger? God. Jesus. Oh my god. Oh my too god. many layers to this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the update on that. <laughs> uh, it turns out okay, well, I guess we better tell the story. Um Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to throw us off track. I, I just, that just occurred to me. There's just like so many layers. There's like a lot of layers, you guys. Uh, So Jim lives in Illinois. Anyway, so Rick like sees this guy who he thinks is Jim, starts talking to him. Jim, at least in the reenactment, kind of just blows him off, doesn't say anything and wanders away. Another thing happens. Um, Jim's dad was leaving his doctor's office and he thought he saw Jim in the parking lot getting into what he thought was Jim's car and he called to him. And this guy that he thought was Jim, like, didn't respond, which would be really weird because if it was your dad, you'd probably be like, hey, dad, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's um, typical. And then and then Jim himself, ha- you know, he's been told these stories and he's like, okay, well, that wasn't me. I would have said something to you if it had been. Um, Jim, actually, when he was a kid, he was walking through his, or I guess he was visiting his grandparents in some other part of Illinois. 
And then several neighborhood kids like came up to him and wanted him to play basketball. And they like kept calling him Billy. And Jim was like, no, my name's not Billy. And in the reenactment, the kid, the kid playing young Jim is like really sassy. He's like, you're right, going to call yeah. me Billy. I'm not playing basketball with you. You call me by your correct name. And then the kids just kind of like fuck off. And yeah. <laughs> like, that's, it was, it was just, they really to... insisted on calling him Billy. It was interesting to note that like the lead kid who's, who's talking to him, Uh, it's interesting to note that this group of kids is letting an Italian play with them because this is presumably in the 50s, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I I, I like... (laughs) When when they were depicting this childhood story, the thing about Uh it that was interesting was to me was like, okay, so maybe they were friends with this this uh, the you know the doppelganger but then mm-hmm. like th- i i was wondering about that wouldn't if these were neighborhood kids i mean wouldn't would a jim have come cross paths with his twin at mm-hmm. some point or yeah it seems like well there's another story where it seems like he almost does um he yeah his doppel his doppelganger goes in this convenience store and then uh, the woman who's working there assumed it was Jim because it's like a neighborhood spot. And then a couple minutes later, Jim and his wife come in and he's and she's like, oh, did you forget something? And he's like, I wasn't here. Um, and some other things happen with this. So mm-hmm. it's just it's adding up. that It's like very strange. So here's the deal. Jim's father, Ernie, dies. And... Um, Jim's grandmother's still alive and Jim's grandmother tells him um, that Jim had had a twin brother. So I guess Jim had always known he was adopted. Yes. And so this whole, this whole story unravels and I'm not going to get to, cause it's really like the, it's really complicated. And this part isn't that interesting to me personally, but basically Jim does some digging and he finds his, uh, his biological mother's sister. Yes. Living in a different part of Illinois. And his biological mother's sister, his aunt, says, uh, oh, you have a sister, but I don't know anything about a twin brother. So the grandmother, Jim's Jim's adoptive grandmother is saying, you had a twin brother and your father knew about it and, like, never told you because he's a dick, I guess. And then, (laughs) like... He would just rather have you, like, be gaslit into thinking you have some, like, doppelganger running around. Uh, but then this is even stranger because it's, like, the the biological mother-sister didn't know anything about a twin. Like, don't you think she would know? So Jim ends up reconnecting with his biological sister. Anyway, yeah. and that's basically, that, I mean, that's basically where the segment ends is that Jim's looking, he's trying to find this twin brother. But it seems a little bit dubious that this twin brother even exists. Oh, that, that because yeah, that, that's an interesting point because we're just getting the revelation from the grandmother. Right, the adoptive grandmother. The adopted but the biological gra- aunt yeah. says she doesn't know anything about a twin brother. And really, the the only reason we can put any weight on, on this grandmother's uh, testimony is because in the reenactment. Yeah. They have they do that thing where the person you know uh, the talking to the grandmother has her back turned, casually mentions you know like oh you know we had this interesting experience at the convenience store and upon relating it we we get the 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 change of expression on the grandmother's face as she goes pale and and the you know, the, the truth has caught up with her. The act, right. the, the actress really kind of sold it. Um, yeah, like to me, the most interesting thing was in the reenactments, the doppelganger, as you mentioned, he acts really aloof or like he's put out when people come up to him right. or like, hey, Jim, you know, how so and so? And he's just like, you know, he's, as soon as he can, he just turns his back and walks away. Meanwhile, the depictions of like when similar things happen to Jim, where you know people come up to him and like, "Hey, how's it going?" and da da, da. and mm-hmm. like Jim's uh, like he he's giving like you know he he's responding obviously in the sort of manner of someone who 
was like, you know, they conclude that like this person knows me somehow I'm not remembering. And just to like be polite slash not endure the embarrassment of being like, I'm sorry, who are you? He's like, yeah. when people come up and say these things to him, he's just like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a, it's, it's such an interesting choice that I'm, you know, I'm a little, so we, we get an update and it's not really yeah. much of an update, which is basically like Jim died a couple of years after this segment aired yeah, and he never met his twin brother, man, I was really, I know they introduced the segment as a, um, lost loves, but I was really hoping for something supernatural to be happening. Yeah, no, honestly, I wanted like, an X file. Yeah. I was really excited when they, when they mentioned this segment and mm-hmm. if instead of, lost love coming up it had been like the unexplained Mm -hmm. i would have i would have lost my shit i would have been so yeah thrilled um i'm not i'm not convinced though that he had a twin brother because the the information is like third hand and then he's getting like basically a first-hand account from his aunt saying there's no i don't know anything about a twin there's no brother uh, it, it it's it, perhaps it's just possible that this is just someone who like I mean, there's only only so many combinations a face can have, and mm-hmm. this is just someone who, in a you know looked exactly like you know just happened to have all the same facial futuristic uh, features, or it could be one of those situations. Did you ever? See, did did you watch? Have you watched? You've watched the Twilight Zone, and, oh, mm-hmm. before, right? They had an episode. Yeah, you mean the original series yeah. with Rod Serling? With yeah, Rod Serling. Yeah. yeah, they had an episode yeah. where this woman's at a bus station, mm-hmm. and she starts having the uh, sort of a similar set of experiences to Jim, because like she goes up to the counter to ask what time the the bus you know bus is coming in, and the person's mm-hmm. like. You know, no matter how many times you ask me that, it's not going to change. And she's like, but I haven't asked you that. And other people are recounting having seen her. And so she has this, there's this doppelganger situation going on. It's actually one of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. And I don't know. I'd like to put forward the proposition that maybe that's what's going on here. <laughs> I think so i mean i i really i want it to be a full x file so i'm gonna just i'm deciding right now that it is there's no twin brother all right it's it's a true it's a true (laughs) it's a true doppelganger like that so are you familiar with the origin of that term no please enlighten me so the um, I'm probably going to get this wrong and I'm not looking it up, so I'll just be wrong. Okay. <laughs> I guess, but, uh, it's this, it's a sort of, it's like this, well, the word is German, doppelganger is German, but it's this sort of like folk idea that everyone in the world has a double and the double can be good or evil or whatever, but everyone has a double and uh. they're out there you know, doing things with your likeness and in your name, basically. Interesting. Right. So, so Jim had this doppelganger who was going around trying to, to, to like give people the impression that Jim was aloof and standoffish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so should we jump into, um, this last segment? Did you notice that this was a thematic episode of Unsolved Mysteries? Every segment Uh, in here is about, like, someone is not who they seem to be. Mm. You're right. Yeah. And so... Okay. Let's let's talk about (laughs) how Alex Cooper is not who he seemed to be. Uh, yeah, this, this is, I mean, this is the wildest... This is the wildest one in the episode to me. Oh, that's interesting. Personally. Uh, okay, well, yeah, there, there's definitely 
It's it's different, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a this starts as a missing person segment. Um, so there's a he's an older man. He's 65 years old. Alex Cooper of Cranbrook, British 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 Columbia. Um, so husband and family man. He had five children, several grandchildren. Yada yada yada. Uh, you know. Anyway, his daughter and his his daughters. His daughter and his da- his son-in-law? Yeah, that's right. That's how families work. They're taking a drive one morning to go into a town that's very far away. And they're on the highway and they see um, Alex's car parked on the side of the highway. Yeah. And it's definitely his car. No question. Uh, so Alex's daughter and, and her husband hop Pete. out and there's no one. Huh? Oh, no, I was just saying Pete. his name, Pete. Is Pete? Yeah. The the husband? Okay. Le- I guess, yeah, I guess the daughter is Leela? Layla? Layla, yeah. I, I like how Layla described how Pete turned around so that they could go check out the car. Like, mm-hmm. because he knew that if he didn't, she'd be sulking on the way to wherever they were going. Not because mm-hmm. he was concerned about her dad. Or, you know, was doing it for her. He just didn't want to, like, have to deal with her being upset that he didn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess the car was parked on an embankment above a creek. So they're thinking, oh, maybe he stopped to go fishing or something. Uh, And so they go down to the creek. There's, There's no evidence of anyone having been fishing there or Alex or anything. So it's just the car has been abandoned. Uh, Leela calls her mom. Mom says, oh, you know, dad's been gone for 24 hours. He didn't take any of his stuff. There's nothing. Like, he just vanished. Yeah. And so a couple of uh, a couple of years go by, or a year goes by, and um, Alex's wife, uh, Margaret, petitions the Supreme Court of British Columbia to have Alex declared legally dead. And the request was granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently in order to finalize all of this, you have to have had a record of someone's birth to declare them dead. Yeah. So Margaret tries to get Alex's birth certificate, but this, there's no birth certificate issued to someone with that birthday or name. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. So then she digs a little deeper and she can't find any record, like any official records of Alex Cooper existing. Yeah. Before they got married. So the the marriage certificate is the first document of this person. (laughs) She conjured her husband into existence. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, so obviously the family is like, okay, well, he was lying about something. It's not like he was a bad dad or, or they had no reason to believe he wasn't exactly who he said he was. And, so the story goes a little bit deeper um, a couple of years later in some other part of Canada. It's um, discovered that this man named Dave Cooper. Which, let's stop right here because obviously right. longtime listeners of the podcast will know that in a previous episode of Unsolved Mysteries, Detailing a prison guard, female prison guard who helped an inmate it's, escape. That's nuts. I was, wor- was I was wondering about Cooper. that when, when I was watching this segment. And I have a real life friend named Melanie Cooper, whose husband is named David Cooper. I was wor- I was wondering about that when when I was watching this segment. Yeah, yeah. No, his name's David Cooper. Both both my friends uh, in the Cooper family have now been name dropped in unsolved oh my mysteries God. that's so strange uh okay yeah. so so there's this other so there's this other guy david cooper who's living in some boarding house uh mm-hmm. and he yeah he was recognized basically as uh looking exactly like this person alex cooper so the cops come to investigate the owner of the boarding house. Um, like, lets them come in and they sweep Alex or sorry David's room for fingerprints. <laughs> and Alex or sorry David, 
at this point. <laughs> They're the same person. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to figure out some way to make an image of <laughs> Alice Cooper in the segment or something. Uh, so... <laughs> So David Cooper in the reenactment gets wind that the cops are onto him and like pieces out entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess at some point the family is contacted to let them know, hey, uh, this guy's still alive and he's in this other part of Canada, but we we lost we lost uh, any trace of him. He's gone again. So yeah. Unsolved Mysteries airs their segment. We get, of course, now we get an immediate update. That someone in Canada mm-hmm. saw the segment, recognized him, and and called it in, and then we get the world's most awkward reunion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was the most awkward of right. reunions. <laughs> so check it. Uh, Alex Cooper was actually what was his real name here that he was born oh, with. Um, yeah, it was Albin Ars- Arseni Arsenault. Triple A. Old Triple A. Old Triple A. Okay, so this is this is nuts, you guys. So back in nineteen forty so nineteen forty eight. Uh when Alex was a young man, he was falsely accused of robbing um his workplace, which was the Union Pacific Railroad. Um so he didn't want to be charged or arrested for a crime he didn't commit, so he went on the run. And then he changed his name. He changed his entire identity to Alex Cooper to avoid capture. And then he married Margaret when he was uh, 30. And then his life went on. Yeah. Um, criminal charges were never filed against him, by the way. They just dropped the lead. So he's been living a life for, let's see, 1948 to 1992 how many years is that like 44 years 44 years of living a lie well here's the thing you want to know why he went on the run because he was about due for his pension and in order to collect your pension in canada you have to produce a birth certificate and he knew that he couldn't keep he knew for months ahead of time he wasn't going to be able to like keep up the ruse so basically because he couldn't collect his pension he couldn't face his family he decided to run away which is yeah. like i feel like kind of a theme with this guy yeah, yeah. he just <laughs> he just bolts that's the solution <laughs> yeah when there's trouble he bolts and um so yeah then there's like a uh, some footage of him and his wife who've since been reunited and i just everybody's just weirded out and pissed off i think yeah well i mean it's an understandable (laughs) confliction of feelings because like his daughter i mean even before they they found him uh i mean for you know reunited them she was saying in the original segment like you know i'm obviously i'm upset that he's not he left us for whatever reason but i still want to i still want to see my dad Mm-hmm. And so I, I can, I, yeah, I imagine it, could, it it's, there's a lot of conflicting feelings all around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just really fucking weird. It's <laughs> a weird story. <laughs> uh, what I yeah, find, what just... I find amusing is like, th- he wasn't, he wasn't going to be charged with that crime. He ran away and changed his whole life. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't <laughs> and he you, didn't would, have to. Wouldn't you like maybe a couple of months? Uh, it's so stupid. Wouldn't you a couple of months later like maybe call the PD, like police department, and be like, "Hey, I'm in," inqu- and just like be like, "Hi, my name's Alex Cooper, and um, you know, I'm inquiring about." Or wouldn't you look in the newspapers? Or uh, yeah, I was going to you... say, you know, check ch- check out a newspaper to see what the updates were. Um, you know, I, well, I guess maybe this is a situation where, again, if he had the internet, he could have looked that up. Right. But even without it, come on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You should, you should be able to figure out, you know, check in on that without giving away. Um, yeah, it is strange. It's like, I don't know. I guess when he decides to flee, he just like 
prefers to pretend that whatever happened before did not happen. Yeah, I mean, it's truly bizarre. Also, it makes me think that he did commit that theft. <laughs> the <railroad. laughs> if you're, if you're in, if you're, if it's clear that you're innocent, like when, wouldn't most innocent people try and clear their name and not just vanish for decades? There was this, there was this movie starring Dave Foley called The Wrong Guy. Uh-huh. Where, like, he walks, uh, basically, uh, make it short, he walks in on his boss, who has just been murdered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in, like, one of those situations where, like, uh, you know, someone who's innocent, they get their, they fall in the situation where it makes them look guilty. Like, he, he pulls out the knife, and he, he gets covered with blood, and his co-workers, they see him, and so he... He flees, and he's just under the impression now that everyone's going to think he killed his boss. Because, um, I mean, he, he was holding a knife covered in blood, mm-hmm. and he's fleeing. And all the time he's fleeing, the police are not looking for him. Because <laughs> they have this, like, cut scene where the cop is, like, watching him, like, run out. And, you know, he has the knife in his hand, and he's screaming. And the cop's like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Rewind it back to the real killer. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a security tape, um, but yeah, you know, it, I mean, it, it, this, yeah, it, it was, it was really interesting to contemplate this, uh, particularly the idea that this guy basically lived, abandoned his first life, mm-hmm. well, and uh, subsequent lives as well, but abandoned his first life, um, unnecessarily so because. I guess if even if he did commit it, they, he wasn't going to get charged. Mm-mm. It kind of reminds me of. Um, did you ever hear about uh, the uh, uh, story of a guy named Pav- Pavel Navrotsky? Mm, no. Yeah, it, it's kind of an obscure uh, thing. Uh, he was a soldier in the Soviet Union during World War II. Mm-hmm. And he actually he, he 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 was a deserter. He just he fled the battlefield. He went to his I guess he went back to his home village. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, as the uh, the Soviet Union pushed the Germans out of the country, he he was really afraid that like they're going to catch up with him because mm-hmm. and you know if if they did, he was uh, at best going to be executed. Mm-hmm. At worst, was going to be shipped off to Siberia. So he hid in his farm's pig pen. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a um, uh, sort of a wooden structure. Mm-hmm. And he basically hid in there for 40 years. What? Yeah. But he would have to like come out uh, to get food and stuff, right? His. A relative, I think maybe it was his wife, uh-huh. uh, would bring food out to him in the middle of the night. And he lived in there wow. for 40 years. Oh, my God. And then, like, she she died, so he had to, like, come out. Wow. And, like, so the, <laughs> the villagers, like, everyone just assumed he was killed in the war. Because, mm-hmm. um... You know, like the, the the casualties on the Eastern Front were were pretty extraordinary. So it, you know, lots of hundreds of thousands of men captured or killed. They just people assumed he was dead, and so this old man with a long beard, covered in probably presumably covered in pig uh, excrement, like walks into the village, and everyone thought he was dead. Huh. <sighs> That is intense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robbie. Listen. Yes. We gotta, speaking of intense, listen, you guys, uh, maybe, I don't know, you could give us like four stars on iTunes. Honestly, I would take that at this point, but five would be better. And if you like what we do, we also, we have a Patreon. Um, I'm putting exclusive content over there sometimes. (laughs) If People. you want to chip in a couple of couple of bucks to our enterprise, um, and then there's a Facebook page. Is that happening still? There is. Uh, 
there's there's a couple actually. Just go to reenacted podcast fans. Yeah. Um, um if, if you could like put in reenacted into IMDb and boost our ranking there, that'd be great. We don't have that. That's not a thing. Uh shout out goes to our uh our producer, Con- yeah, Connor. Connor, thank you for editing <clears throat> this episode and all of them. And uh, obviously, our theme music was done by a cousin of yours, uh, Celeste. There's, there's got to be a segment coming up about the the M Celeste boat, right? On Unsolved Mysteries. Sure. It seems like they would do that. Okay. Well, we will look forward to it then. Yeah. Um, you can catch us at Twitter at Reenacted Pod. Uh, send emails, mm-hmm. uh, Reenacted Pod at Gmail. Yep. Uh, thank you, everyone who uh, has been doing the Patreon for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, should, should I thank Bill Tilly for retweeting our? Yeah, why our, not? Uh, He's. I guess he listens to our dumb podcast. So why not thank him? <laughs> I I I kind of. Uh, I, I I prefer to believe that his retweeting has increased our listenership by at least thirty percent. I have to agree with that. We appreciate the signal <laughs> boost, uh, Bill. He's a real one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robbie, do you want to do the thing? People all over the world. Join me next week for another episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs>